Hello, and welcome to this segment of Two Worlds, One Country, the show here on WEHC and WISEY's FM and on podcast, where we explore the underlying causes of what divides us and then talk to folks who are doing something about it, working to overcome the divide. If you're a regular listener, you might have noticed that we've had a bit of a hiatus here at Two Worlds, One Country, and we are glad to be back after a few weeks of reruns. Hope you all endured that okay. We're so glad to be back with our guest this week, Meredith Dean. This interview with Meredith is the first in a three-part series about a new initiative that's getting underway called Community Works, and we're going to hear all about it. Now, Meredith and I go back a couple of decades or more, uh, both of us working sometimes side-by-side and oftentimes just uh, as colleagues across southwest Virginia and Appalachia on a variety of different projects and initiatives and organizations to try to build a stronger, healthier uh, Appalachian economy and um, stronger communities. Meredith's been a leader in that in many respects, and most recently, joined me on the staff of the Rural Urban Bridge Initiative as the director of our Community Works program. She'll tell you a little bit more about it, but welcome to Two Worlds, One Country, Meredith. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here today to share some of what we're doing. Excellent. That's great. That's great. So we'll start off as we usually do with our guests and ask you to give us a little synopsis about your background, beginning with where you were born and raised, and then maybe a little more focus on the work you've done as a grown-up in uh, community development, rural development. All right. Thank you. Um, Well, I was actually born in Florida, but I moved to Atlanta, outside of Atlanta, Georgia, very early on uh, and was raised there. Um, And then, as you mentioned, of us knowing each other for decades, um, I've been involved in community and political organizing work for my entire adult life, which actually goes back beyond you, which I I hate to admit. But um, yeah, I started out doing international education work around U.S. involvement in the Philippines. Uh, And when I came home from that as a very young adult, I decided to return to my family's roots, which are actually in southwestern Virginia, primarily Carroll County from the 1700s and then Wythe County. And when I came here to Appalachia, I started organizing around race, class, and gender issues in small, what we called at the time, um, disenfranchised communities in central and southern Appalachia. Yeah, tell, um, tell us about a, one or two of the different ways that you did that, the kind of groups that you were working for, and, and just briefly about exactly what they were trying to do. So one of the groups I've worked with um, was called Appalachian Women's Alliance. And again, we were working in low-income communities, mostly with uh, women organizers, because I've always experienced women in these communities to be the movers and shakers. And we went through all types of organizing from just, um, you know, very direct working on domestic violence issues, poverty issues, to then moving towards more what we called cu- cultural organizing. So using things like uh, we had a journal of women's stories um, and just as a way for women to be able to 
um, have their voices heard, many for the first time. Hmm. So we, you know, tried that. We did a performance piece. So we started reaching out to college students and Hmm. trying to get them involved and educated about what was happening in our communities and then involved in working with us to overcome many of the problems that women face. Yeah. How long were you working with Appalachian Women's Alliance? Mm, Probably about 15 years. Okay. And then more recently, you started focusing a bit more on Floyd County. Uh, Tell us a little bit about some of the work there. Sure. Well, like so many people, when my spouse and I decided to start a family, my focus became very localized, uh, very much on children in my own community. So I started working with the Virginia Foundation for Healthy Youth and helped to found a local nonprofit called Healthy Floyd. And we work in the public schools to promote health and wellness with throughout the community. And through that work, I just formed all sorts of non-political relationships. Uh, all my other work had been sort of on wedge issues and more political type issues. And this was suddenly, you know, just all about health and wellness, eating well, exercising. And through that, I formed relationships with parents, uh, with the school administrations and teachers, with other agencies in the community, with people that, you know, were on the Healthy Floyd board, most of whom do not share my political beliefs. And, and yet that um, those relationships have been and are really fruitful, right? I mean, you're coming from a different ideological or political place, but it's not like those differences have hindered Healthy Floyd, have they? Not at all. So, um, but I will say that in that process, I, I have never really put my political beliefs out there. Right. Um, which I think is part of what has brought me to the place I'm at now. So, you know, as as I was doing all that work, then of course came Trump, and I had put aside all the political organizing. But again, like so many people. I realized I could not just stay on the periphery of electoral politics and that it really mattered, at which point I became involved in your congressional campaign in 2018 and as a field director. And then after that, I was elected chair of my local Democratic committee. So for the past five years, I'd say five or six years, I've been doing both the very localized, non-political health and wellness work, plus the, you know, highly political electoral politics of both uh, campaigning and then the Democratic committee. Right. And that's kind of, in a way, the perfect um, preparation for somebody who's going to lead community works. So tell us about community works. You are the executive director. You've been in that position a little more than two months. You certainly knew about it. We're well versed in it ever since Ruby has kind of nurtured the idea for the last year and a half. But you're in charge of making it happen now. So let's start for our listeners with describing what Community Works is, what what exactly it's trying to accomplish, and then we can talk a little bit about the, the basic strategy, like how does it go about doing it? Well, Community Works uh, grows out of Ruby's, the Rural Urban Bridge Initiative's assertion that Democrats need to think, talk, and act differently in our rural communities. And I love being part of that action component. Again, my entire life has been about the action part. So most of the Democrats I know 
in, in my community and, and elsewhere do all sorts of good work that benefits their communities, just like I'm doing with Healthy Floyd. But most of us do it as individuals. And oftentimes we even hide the fact that we're Democrats. So the idea of community works is to continue to work side by side with our neighbors and in our communities to solve local problems. Again, like many of us are doing and um, others are jumping in and saying, yes, we want to be part of that. But to add that dimension of doing it as Democrats and as local democratic committees and as groups of Democrats so that something as simple as, you know, partnering with a local church or organize a donation drive for baby care items becomes not only that good work in the community, but also, if you want to say like a testament to the fact that Democrats are realizing their uh, ideas and ideals and putting those into action. And that is a good thing. Right. And, And putting it into action right here, right at home. That's the other thing Democrats are often perceived as, accused of, maybe sometimes fairly enough, other times not, that we seem to just care about things and people far away, but not kind of our local issues or neighbors. Again, whether or not that's a legit critique, I think it's certainly a common perception. So Community Works wants to change that perception just by showing up over and over with our neighbors. That's really something. How do you think community works, that strategy of of local work, would help us begin to overcome what divides us, the rural-urban divide? Well, (laughs) I guess there's two aspects of that. If I just say how is, you know, community works can be successful in our communities, I'm already starting to see that because I think part of the issue with Democrats, especially again since 2016, has been uh, people feeling isolated, that you know we've been successfully othered by Trump, the Republican Party, um, the kind of nation. And I think we've internalized that. So just the fact of no longer feeling isolated, um, coming together, feeling safe doing that, um, and making it more the norm for us not to hide our identities and not to live that kind of dual life that I talked about that I lead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think right there, it's starting to work then to help normalize the idea of Democrats in the overall community. Because if we're comfortable being out there and being who we are and doing all that we do, but as Democrats, then I think the overall community is, is you know, seeing that and it just becomes normal. So in terms of community works, just sort of beginning to work, I am, I'm seeing that. In terms of the whole rural-urban divide and the talking differently, thinking differently, it has been amazing how many people I've found just within the Democratic Party, I mean, and this is long-term, but also just since I've been doing the Community Works Project, who are not from here, are not rural, and who still don't understand, they'll say, well, I just don't understand the people here. I don't understand rural, you know, the rural folks or, um, you know, actually, I don't know if it's called making fun of, but, you know, like comparing people to deliverance. I actually heard that comparison. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, you know, it, it is so um, just commonplace. That part is normalized sort of still making fun of rural people mm-hmm. um, or putting down rural people. 
um, I, I did for a time, I taught Appalachian studies at um, Virginia Tech in Radford. And, you know, that was one of the main things we talked about is how the, the last group of people that somehow it's okay to, to other and to, uh, you know, ridicule are, is the whole hillbilly stereotype and the whole uh, rural stereotype. And I'm just finding that within the, you know, Democrats, Democrats who've lived here for a long time, those who have uh, moved in more recently, that's still just kind of there. And I think that starting to talk about that and lift that up and question that and saying, you know, what's going on here? And can we think differently about our rural communities and how we operate within them is beginning to bridge that rural urban divide. Yeah. And I'll say too, that I've have a, have a kind of uh, similar and complementary set of experiences with with liberals, let's just say broadly. I, I, I usually say liberals, progressives, and Dems. But uh, broadly speaking, uh, not to say it's 100%, but it's just totally commonplace, not just for the liberals in Richmond or Washington, D.C., let alone Seattle and New York, but for folks right here in rural Virginia to carry with them the same kind of baggage, the same kind of stereotypes. What What has been encouraging to me in doing the training that Ruby does more than 50 times now is that the vast, vast majority of people that go through the training, and it's a few thousand people now, come into it with some level of those stereotypes and some level of that what's wrong with these people kind of attitude, but are remarkably open to the possibility that maybe that's not right. <laughs> maybe maybe we need to rethink things. There's always a little resistance. There's always somebody who's just like, ah, oh, forget it. These people are hopeless. But the vast majority are kind of looking for, for something new, for a new understanding and then a new way of acting. Seems like if that's the case, what you and I are experiencing the problem, but that also is there's this increasing openness that maybe – Maybe the time is really right for something like community works. What do you think? Oh, I agree. Uh, you know, I think that what you were describing right there is just so com- commonplace and accepted within our culture to have a certain set of stereotypes about rural people. But I think that for at least you said liberals, progressives and Dems are very poor showing, you know, in the past uh, however many years has made people have to say, wait, you know, what is going on here and uh, why? And and trying to reach out to rural neighbors in a, in a different way than they've done before and trying to, instead of just thinking, well, I'm different, we're different, you know, trying to understand, yeah. trying to understand why people might vote the way they do, why people might feel the way they do. And, and then again, what role we might play in that and what our attitudes, um, how our attitudes contribute to that. So I think, yes, this is the perfect time. And I mean, it's sad, but it's partly because the Democratic Party has become so othered (laughs) in rural communities that we have to do something different. Right. It's like the the party had to reach the bottom before before there was some sense of, whoop, maybe it ain't working. Let's talk a little bit about some of the concrete parts of community work. So I know it's just getting underway, but I also know that some of the counties that are doing it have been at it for a bit. So give us a, a 
a few examples, both maybe things that have been done or things that are about to be done in uh, some of the different counties with whom you're working on Community Works? Well, on a very uh, simple level, just doing something like an adopt a highway project, but, you know, doing it as the local Democratic committee. And in one county that's been part of the Community Works network, you know, they were actually able to do that in front of the high school and the elementary school. So now there's that sign there that says, you know, this highway has been adopted by the local Democratic Party. Um, and and so, just just to clarify, I think most people know, but when you adopt a stretch of highway, that means you keep it clean. You pick up the trash, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And you must do it two two times a year, or else they take down your sign. Oh wow. So. Okay. I didn't <laughs> know that. Word to the wise. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Neither did we. <laughs> so, <laughs> so something as simple as that, or a donation drive. Um, you know, again, in a couple of places, it's been for baby care items because you know. Liberals care about babies. Um, and doing that, though, in cooperation with the local church or a local community action agency who, before this, you know, the, the Democratic Party has not or the committee has not partnered with, either because of our thoughts that, oh, they would never partner with us or the reality that they didn't want to be necessarily associated with any kind of Democratic activity or party activity. But as we start doing these other types of projects, then, you know, there's more of an openness saying, wow, you're just you you're a political entity, but also you're just another uh, agency entity group of people in the community trying to good do good things for babies and families. So, you know, that that's another thing that's happened. Another thing that has happened in several counties is that they have sponsored a scholarship for graduating seniors at their high schools. And, you know, in one county, they're able to call it the, the county Democratic Committee's scholarship. Um, but they also worked with the school system and with, I think, with other groups to, to make that happen. So, you know, that's a, a excellent example of, of the kind of project that we are looking for. Um, in another place, because Part of community works for some counties will be to open up a storefront or a center, a community works hub, uh, you know, in uh, maybe on their main street, just offering that space to a group that wants to tutor GED students or a group that's, you know, doing maybe something for young people in the community, because that is always a need to have something for kids to do. Um, so you know, there's just that kind of possibility of having an open community space that could host all sorts of projects. I know one that has been talked about repeatedly is doing some kind of tool lending library mm -hmm. out of that mm -hmm. space. So in other words, um, community works could be both just out in the community side by side with the, the civic groups or the churches cleaning up or fixing stuff. But another component of it in some places is going to be uh, kind of training, classes, mentoring, social space at the community work center is kind of two, potentially two components. Yes, okay. absolutely. And I, I mean, I would love to see dances, you know, for the youth perhaps, or, you know, for adults that could be spot, uh, organized out of these spaces. So hmm. as you said, social activities, as well as, I guess, what we might more call helping activities. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So uh, yeah, I wanted to go back to talk about the um, the idea of different kinds of drives, and one specific example was to do a dog food drive. And in the community, you know, the first, of course, group you might reach out to would be the uh, local humane society, mm-hmm. uh, which generally is more liberal people. Although it's a it's a real mix in this community, but you know, uh, definitely led by liberals and progressives, animal loving liberals, animal loving, yeah. <laughs> um, and and so that was the first you know group uh, that was reached out to, and then. But they were like, oh, no, we don't really want to have that relationship necessarily with the Democratic Party in public. Right. Mm. Um, And then the thought is, okay, well, how about the local pound? And of course, the pound is run by the the Republican Sheriff's Department and the county, which is totally Republican. And they're like, yeah, of course, we need dog food. Yes, absolutely. Right. So I think that. You know, and then you coming back around to the Humane Society, who then is like, oh, okay, well, let's think about what that might look like if we could be a distribution center rather than maybe a partner. And just taking those kind of baby steps to build the relationships, um, the feeling of safety, of identifying in any way with the Democratic Party, but also getting over all our own assumptions of who is going to be willing to partner with us and who isn't. And that's such an important point because, again, it's it's kind of like when you hear Democrats both from within and not from within rural communities say, oh, it's not safe to go knock on doors. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe literally there is some chance that somebody really nasty might be violent in language or even worse. But generally speaking, the worst you're going to get is a is a kind of door slammed in your face. And in a similar way, it seems to me that what you experienced there, or what the community you're describing experience was, the script was flipped. The expectation was the community group that's kind of liberal leaning in its leadership would embrace us and the conservatives wouldn't. And it turned out just the opposite. So that seems like an important lesson for community works and Democrats more broadly, don't assume that your neighbors are always going to be again you. What do you think? Well, I've, if nothing else, I've learned that through Healthy Floyd. Mm. Um, you know, just again, working on common causes um, and and who really comes. I'm not, it's not to say that some, that liberals don't come through because they do, yeah, but yeah. just, you know, to, to say that uh, recognizing that, yeah, people across the community um, will get together behind good work and, and good causes and things that will benefit the community. Yeah, um, nice. So, and I, I, I think that's also an example of something that can lead to a sort of broader alliance or partnership um, because out of that dog food drive, then there's the possibility of actually creating uh, friends of the pound. And mm. because of the democratic presence in the dog food drive and spearheading to some extent that, then <clears throat> that leads to the possibility of a strong democratic presence in forming an ongoing group that really will benefit the community in, in a, even a much broader way. Yeah. 
We're getting close to the end of our time, but I want to I want to still ask you to deal with two questions. So, you know, somebody listening, especially if they didn't tune in at the very beginning, might be thinking dog food. We've got climate change. We've got extreme wealth inequality. We've got a potential loss of our democracy in 20 in 12 months. Blah, blah. Why are we talking about dog food, for God's sakes? But really, what we are talking about is not putting aside our electoral efforts, but walking and chewing gum, doing that and starting to rebuild trust in our community. So I wonder, from all your experience working in community organizing, why do you think this approach is more likely to start rebuilding trust that's been so fractured? Well, it starts on common ground. I mean, the dog food thing is a perfect example. People loving animals, people wanting to feed animals. Um, So really starting with common ground rather than starting with the issues that already divide us. Um, So we're not coming in saying, you know, uh, we want to do something around climate change or we want to do something around uh, choice. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's we already know that those are uh, wedge issues, dividing points, whatever. We're starting with the things that bring us together, the, the common interest and concerns that we share and then building on that. And then not, t- I mean, I like the thing about um, talk different and, and part of that is don't talk so much. Yeah. I mean, I love the idea and it's true of just, you know, working side by side with folks to do something good together and and not having to turn that into any kind of political or persuasive conversation uh, and not having a maybe getting over the need to have to do that. <laughs> oh, man, that's so right. I agree with that so much. That's well put because we as a as a group, liberals and progressives and Dems, we're so inclined to talk and we're always wanting to have a conversation. <laughs> you know, it's like, let's just shut up and do stuff is kind of kind of community works in a somewhat simplified uh, <laughs> nutshell. That. So we really do have to we really do have to wrap up. But I want you to close us up. We we haven't talked too much about the fact that that community works is at one level available and underway in lots of places around the country, but that what you're managing is a specific pilot project. So I'm not going to go into details on that because I'm going to have you back on maybe with some of the local uh, leaders, oh, in six months or a year to talk a little bit about what we've learned. But, But outside of the pilot project, what would somebody do if they wanted to kind of move forward with Community Works and they're in you know, whatever, Arkansas or South Carolina or Maine, what would they do? (laughs) The easiest thing for me to say is, first off, contact me, contact Community Works, contact the Rural Urban Bridge Initiative. And, uh, you know, I don't know if there's a place to put my email, uh, you know, on, there's not. (laughs) There's not a place on the podcast, but why don't you go ahead and just state the Ruby website, which is just ruralurbanbridge.org, and in your own okay. email. Don't give your phone number, but your own email. Right. No. Okay. So Ruby, ruralurbanbridge.org, and then just Meredith at ruralurbanbridge.org. And then I could get you hooked in with all the information about community works and what is happening, and also make you part of sort of the larger community works network 
um, which we will be bringing together periodically uh, with briefings and maybe maybe some sort of gathering by Zoom um, uh, or maybe in person, regional regional ones in person, but you know, just to get you connected in. So you're part of the conversation. And we also we're starting a Facebook page uh, that you can just find through community works um, slash Ruby um, if you Google that. And uh, that hopefully that will be a place where we'll be putting up very, um, you know, day-to-day -day activities that are happening to get people started. Um, and people could just start their own project. They can start their own donation drive and, you know, try, try to start partnering with other agencies. So the ideas that we're putting out there, any Democratic committee could start implementing them. And that's Part of what has happened in some of the counties here in southwestern Virginia, that because this conversation has been going on for a couple of years, you know, there are folks who have totally embraced it who are not necessarily part of the pilot project, but are already doing this type of work because of the ideas that have been put out there by Ruby and Community Works. Nice. So, in other words, somebody from uh, somebody who's hearing about Community Works for the first time in their local place. One avenue is just start start doing stuff. Talk to your your fellow local liberals and Dems and identify some needs and projects. And another avenue is they could contact you or go to the Ruby website and become part of a larger kind of learning network and benefit from the experience of groups that are a year or two down the road. Yes. Okay. And okay. a lot of learning is happening and a lot of sharing. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm finding that even after all these years of doing community and pol political organizing, I'm finding this to be a, a whole different you know realm of trying to combine those two, and um, and as we do that, then all sorts of new learnings for myself as well. Yeah, 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 great. Well, wonderful. So we need to wrap up. Um, this is Anthony Flacavento, your host of Two Worlds One Country. We've had a Terrific conversation today with Meredith Dean, who is a colleague at the Rural Urban Bridge Initiative at Ruby. Meredith is the director of Ruby's Community Works program. We will be back on air with Meredith sometime in the, oh, I'd say within the next six to 12 months to get an update on the progress on Community Works. And in the meantime, Meredith, thanks so much for being on Two Worlds, One Country. Thank you. I, I look forward to coming back and having lots to share. Great, great.